Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of our Amateur Spotlight series here on Whiskey Throttle Media. I'm your host, Brent Bowser. We're here today with NSA Yamaha's Avery Long. What's up, Avery? How are you doing, man? What's up? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, man. So appreciate you taking the time doing this with us today. Go ahead and give us a little background about yourself, things that people wouldn't know about you. Yeah. Like you said, my name is Avery Long. I'm 18 years old from a small town in Minnesota, New London. I ride for the NSA Yamaha team. Like I got my first PW when I was five and a half and hit the, started hitting the tracks not too long after that. Been riding for 13 years and enjoying every year of it. What is there to do in Minnesota? You said you're from a small town. You guys just ride. Wintertime's pretty cold. What do you guys do up there? When I was home, I would play basketball in the wintertime and stuff like that. Just stay busy and, you know, maintain my cardio for moto in the summer just so I didn't lose everything I gained. I used to go snowboarding quite a bit, but ever since I left home and started doing motocross full time, my dad kind of put the kibosh to that uh, whenever I go <laughs> home and he kind of just says it's a little too dangerous you don't want me breaking a wrist or anything got too much to lose he says yeah snowboarding can be pretty pretty brutal a knee or a wrist or i mean it's it's fun but yeah i mean things can happen a lot of people on the mountain and stuff like that it's probably easy to get an injury oh yeah it's it's crazy how how quick you know it can just come up and bite you i mean kind of like dirt bikes you know they, mm -hmm. they can get you whenever you know so you're from minnesota where are you staying now and when did you make that transition Right now, after spring nationals, I just made an adjustment to move my program over to Club MX for the time being. I'm prepping for Supercross Futures right now. My next one I got to do is New Jersey, so East Rutherford. And yeah, so enjoying the people here. Everybody here is awesome. You know, it just kind of, everybody treated me like I was, I was family from the day I got here. So I couldn't, couldn't ask for anything anything more with these guys these guys have been great to work with so far so you've only been there for a few weeks is that the first time you've been there yep first time yeah it looks like a pretty cool facility and you know pretty pretty nice tracks that they got out there i was watching their their youtube video thing they have going on that's like behind the gate with club mx and yeah it looks like a cool facility good tracks and then also riding with a lot of the guys out there so it's probably nice to kind of judge your speed on supercross and pick up on some of the things they're doing out there yeah, for sure. I mean, you're riding with top-notch guys every single day. Like, today I was riding with J-Mart was out back on Supercross. And, yeah, I mean, he he's he's insane. Last week I was riding with Enzo, and today I was riding with Enzo. And, I mean, he goes he goes fast. So yes. it's cool to be able to watch them guys and kind of pick up on the little things. And, I mean, just kind of talk with them after motos. And they help me give me some insight on uh, – you know, things I can, I can do better and, you know, things just from them having so much experience over the years, kind of passing them little things down and helping out the, the younger generation as much as I can, you know? Yeah, that's cool. We'll, we'll dive into a little bit of more of that, uh, Club MX and all that in a little bit. I want to ask you first, this or that question is just, just to get to know you and more of things on a personal side. So I'll ask you and you pick what fits you the most. First one is music or podcasts. That's, I want to say music, but as of late, I'm going to go podcasts because I've been, yeah, I've been grinding some podcasts lately. So I'm going to go podcasts. And there's so much to choose from out there where um, yeah. there's always something to listen to, it seems like. And I've, it seems like over the years, I find myself listening to less and less music. And then 
I mean, I like music too, but podcasts are just so much to listen to out there. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love my music. Um, you know, I'll, I'll listen to, listen to music pretty much whenever I get a chance, but it just seems like lately I'm just running out of things that I can listen to, you know? Mm-hmm. So I switched it up with the podcast and I'm hearing new stuff every time. So, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. Yeah, that's cool. And I, you probably already answered this one. You mentioned snowboarding, but I'll ask anyway, surfing or snowboarding? I'll go snowboarding just because I haven't really done like ocean surfing, but I really, I really enjoy like the wake surfing mm-hmm. and, and lakes because I mean, where I'm from, we don't really have uh, an ocean, ocean <laughs> too close. So uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, get on the boats and do a little wake surfing when I'm home, but yeah, I'm gonna go snowboarding. You get as injured very easily surfing behind a boat or even in the ocean is, I think is snowboarding. So that might be a safer sport. <laughs> right. <laughs> Would you rather go back in time or travel to the future? Right now, I'd rather travel into the future, see where I left my mark on everything. You know, I don't regret doing anything. So there's not much I can go back and I would want to change, you know? Yeah, that's cool. And I think that would be interesting if you can go fast forward five years and see how it all played out. Right? Yeah, that would be cool. Bacon or sausage? Bacon, 100% bacon. And this is controversial too, but pizza with or without, without pineapple? And we get a lot of hate for it, but with pineapple. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> my mom, when I was young, my mom put me on the, the Hawaiian pizza. And <laughs> you can't, in my opinion, you can't beat a, just a pepperoni pizza, but if she's, uh, if she's going to get it, I'll eat it, you know? Yeah. My wife wins that battle. She, it's pineapple all the way. So, um, and do then you, do you, uh, uh, do you pick it off or do you just eat it? You know what? It sounds like it sound like a five year old, but my favorite pizza is just, just cheese. Just cheese. Uh huh. I mean, I'll eat it all, but yeah, if I had to pick, yeah, yep, yeah. You know, I think it's the Dave Portnoy one bite thing is rubbed off on me. I feel like you can get a true taste of the pizza with just cheese. Everybody can add whatever to it, but you get the true flavor with just cheese. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. And then last one, and I've asked this on every single one of them so far. If you were to drink soda, not sure if you guys can because your training program, but Coke or Pepsi. I don't really drink drink soda. The last time I drank soda was after, I think after Loretta's. But I don't I don't enjoy either of them, to be honest. If I'm if I'm gonna go with one, it'd be either Dr Pepper or Mountain Dew. But yeah, I'm I'm not a big soda guy. That's probably good. Now you don't crave or anything, and that way you don't have to worry about it. So under your training program, <laughs> if there's one thing that you could eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? What is your favorite thing to eat? Chipotle. I usually ask the the this or that question of Chipotle or Chick-fil-A because it seems like what everybody's into in the moto industry, you know? Mm-hmm. So Chipotle or Chick-fil-A for you? Chipotle, yeah. I'm not, I think, uh, in my opinion, is this might get controversial, but I think Chick-fil-A is a little overhyped, in my opinion. Kind of like an In-N-Out. <laughs> oh, no. are you not a fan of In-N-Out either? No. Oh, come on. No. Come on, man. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I didn't grow up around having yeah. it in my area, but yeah, when I, when I had it for the first time, I wasn't, I wasn't too impressed. What are your biggest pet peeves if you have any? Ooh, uh, I hate when people stink. That's, that's yeah, probably my main. Myself, I'm a very clean person. I like, you know, I, I like my showers. My brothers, uh, they're a little messy. 
So yeah, when, when people, people aren't organized, I'm not going to complain if you are this way or I won't go out of my way to say something. I'm just not that kind of person. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, in my mind, I'll, I'll think, think my, my way, uh, you know, what, what I'm thinking, but I'm not going to say nothing to anybody or anything like that. Those are the kind of the two I can come up with off the top of my head. Oh, and when, when people are lazy, I, yeah, I do not, do not like that. Yeah. I get you on the, like the organization and stuff like that. It doesn't really bother me too much if, if someone is disorganized, but for me, if my stuff is disorganized or not clean or something, it's like a anxiety until it's done. Yeah. All my stuff's usually pretty much always pretty clean, but when I go home, I got two little brothers and one of them, his room is always messy. And, uh, it's like when I get home, I just, I can't help myself. I just almost just start kind of cleaning for him. <laughs> My mom gets so mad at me, but I just can't help myself. I'm like, how do you live in this thing? Yeah. It's crazy how everybody's wired a little different. Did you attend public school or were you homeschooled most of your life? I attended public school until I finished freshman year. And that was actually a COVID year 2020. And then got put out of school early that year and did the online through my school at uh, just to finish out that year and then uh, sophomore year is when I kind of transitioned into taking motocross a little bit more seriously and uh, yeah I started doing the on track school and um yeah I actually finished up with that after first semester this year so yeah I'm all done with school and I couldn't couldn't be happier a little bit of stress off your shoulders. 100%. And looking back, are you glad you made that switch to homeschool and on track? Or did you feel like you missed out on anything in, in public school? I didn't necessarily miss out on anything. I'm glad I kind of did it when I did. I was able to get one year of high school under my belt. I got one year playing high school basketball and football, which I really enjoyed that. But yeah, I mean, I'm don't, like I said, I don't really regret anything i i do i'd say um if i went in time i would do the same thing you know but it was hard my school this year they did win the state for football they won football and that was hard hard watching a little bit but just because knowing i could have been on the field i was happy for them i thought about you know what if i was there but if i was doing that then i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now so I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, and it seems like a, a trade-off, right? Because a lot of the kids that are coming up in the sport that are at a high level, they've been homeschooled for a long time. And some guys go a little later than others, but most for the most part, everybody's homeschooled. And do you feel that once you started homeschooling that you were able to you know, push more and ride more and get better? Is that Was, was that kind of the turning point for you? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, growing up in Minnesota, you get snow in the wintertime and, and stuff like that. So once I was able to do kind of the online school and whatnot, then I was able to kind of move around to the, the warmer states in the in the wintertime and, and stuff like that and ride all winter long. And just, I mean, just riding helped helped me out a ton, being more comfortable with my bike. And it made me become one with my bike, found a whole other uh, comfortabil comfortability with my bike. So that was, uh, that was super cool doing it like that. 
And growing up in Minnesota, you don't ride in the, the wintertime much. We got this place called Cedar Lake Arena that I would go to. But since I was playing basketball in the wintertime, I wouldn't really ride much. So once I kind of transitioned over to the online school, then starting to just kind of ride all winter long helped me a ton. Do you feel like you were at a disadvantage before homeschool up during the winter where maybe you're racing with some guys and they were able to keep riding all year and then you'd have to take that break in the wintertime of probably three, four months where you really couldn't ride at all. Could you see the difference between the others that could? And were you like, man, I wish I could do that? Yeah, 100%. There was years going into into Loretta's where I would only have, you know, 40 hours on a bike since Loretta's the year before. We got an early, early winter and it maybe snowed and we got one of them freak snowfalls in the middle of April that pushed things back. So it would just kind of mess with when you could ride. But usually we started riding around spring break, the end of March, beginning of April is kind of when when we would kind of kick off our season where everybody else would, I mean, they wouldn't take a break, you know? In the beginning, it might not have been too bad with nice balance. You're not burning yourself out, but. Um, oh, exactly. There's a lot of these kids, uh, they're starting so young and they're training when they're on 65s and stuff like that. And I, I see kids at facilities and yeah, I'm glad I didn't do it that way because I mean, it's so easy to get burnt out when you're doing it like that. Not only is it a long road to get where they want to go, but also financially on on the family, it's probably pretty pricey to spend all those years at training facilities and things like that. So I always think it's cool in Moto where not every path is the same, but it seems like there's not one way that's the right way to do it. And you can make it work from a lot of different avenues. Like you said, there's no... There's no set way. I mean, people can think there is, but there's really not. Yeah. And you think about it, even looking back at someone from Minnesota, like Ryan Dungey, he had the same thing. He talked about not riding in the winters and he started going south for warmer weather. And then he really didn't hear of his name until the last year an amateur in Suzuki picked up this B rider. Everybody's like, well, who's Ryan Dungey? Right. So yeah. um, that kind of gives you, I think some, everybody, some motivation is you don't have to be these guys that win 20 Loretta's titles or 11, whatever the, the number is. And as long as you're putting in the work and you have the ability and your talent, that's in, I think there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, going back a little bit, wouldn't you think that you kind of turned the page and started to get noticed in the amateur side of things? I'd say probably 125s, I'd say. Um, I was always kind of, you know, a top 10 kid on, 85s and and super minis and stuff like that but i'd say 125s i was kind of in that top five kind of mixing it up for podiums and stuff like that at Loretta's. definitely 125s for sure i saw you had ridden for it's no longer around anymore but was the first team that you got picked up by the fxr chaparral honda team yeah so actually i rode for the atlas speed factory on 125s Brian Garnett helped me out that year, covering a couple things financially and got help with graphics and tires and whatnot. But yeah, I'd say Michael Lindsay, the Chaparral Honda team was definitely the first kind of real team I was on. And I'm, I'm thankful for everything Michael did for me. It's definitely a bummer that it's, it's no longer around, but I talk with Michael here and there. My dad talks with Michael here and there. So we kind of kept a good relationship with him. Obviously, he's big in the 
industry, keeping a, a good relationship with him is really awesome because he can kind of help out, put in a good word for me here, put in a good word for me there. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it was cool. His team, he helped out a lot of guys that maybe not always or would have got a chance. So I think he, and I think that was really cool because sometimes we can go to look around and see who gets rides and who doesn't get rides. And sometimes you maybe scratch your head as I'm sure as a writer, you're like, well, you know, how come this person, not me? So I think it was cool looking at the team he had and some of the guys he gave a shot that, you know, I think maybe could have just springboarded them into something else. So I thought that was really cool. And so after you wrote for that team, where did it go from there? Yeah. So after that, that team kind of closed doors, we went back on our own, getting funded by mom and pops again. And uh, last year I had a pretty decent showing at spring nationals and uh, I showed a lot of speed, um, certain classes. I didn't have the best results, but there was other classes where I did have really good results and got a call from Danny and Ed after, after spring nationals. And they, they kind of asked if I would be willing to be a part of their team and yeah, so been with them ever since and yeah i mean i love it those guys are awesome they're treating me like family they're they're all awesome people to work with and yeah going back when the fxr team shut down and you went back and had to do it on your own for a little bit was it pretty stressful going and hearing the team was shutting down and you're just sitting there like man what am i gonna do were you pretty determined that ultimately someone else would step up and help you out yeah after michael told me what was going on and whatnot um I definitely made a lot of phone calls, just kind of reaching out to different teams and whatnot, and didn't really get that much of a response back from anybody, which kind of, you know, lit, lit a little bit of a fire in me and, you know, just motivated me to, to work hard. So worked hard and uh, put my head down and got, got noticed by a couple teams and yeah. So Lorez last year. You got first in 450B and 450 Limited. Were you on the NSA team at that time? Yup, yup. And so I noticed you, you rode both 450 classes. Are you more of a 450 guy or was that just something you guys decided to, for the week at the ranch, just do 450s and not 250s? That was Yamaha wanted me to do for Loretta's. They didn't really have anybody in them classes and they knew I could do really good in them classes. Me being a bigger kind of a bigger rider i can ride the 450 pretty good um so yeah they put me in them classes and yeah i won both of them were you pretty excited about winning those on the new team on a 450 was it had it been a pretty cool feeling yeah i was i was definitely stoked for sure you know loretta's is all business so i won the first one and you know i i wanted to be uh you know pumped and and excited and go celebrate and whatnot but I couldn't, I had one more and then, um, yeah, I won, I won the second one and it was just like a, a big sigh of relief, just kind of got lifted, just a big weight got lifted off my shoulders and it was almost like I could, you know, relax now yes. and got a Dr. Pepper and a thing of Sour Patch Kids on the way home. <laughs> and yeah, I'd say that was my celebration. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely it was crazy. It was like nothing I'd ever felt before. Just the um, holding the number one plates up to spraying the champagne and just all the hugs and, you know, the the messages I got from people I hadn't necessarily talked to from school since I left. A lot of them people were reaching out, telling me congratulations and stuff. 
it was it was definitely really cool. I always think of Loretta's and all the prestige around it. It's a it's a double edged sword, right? You go there and you do good and it definitely puts you on the map. It's also one race if you go there and do bad. It could just be an off weekend. Um and it almost sets a tone for for the rest of the year and going into the next. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Every brand, every team manager, team owner is there and scouting. So it, it's definitely important for you to do good there. But I've also talked to a lot of people that they just tell you just relax you're on vacation you know yeah but it's it's definitely hard to to take it that way with just the environment and stuff and just the way it's talked about it's hard to just be like okay i am on vacation it's the best of the best there everybody's got a qualifier or whatever so it's definitely if i think of it like anything it's the biggest race of the year for amateurs even though we're now which i think is cool transitioning in the futures and moto combines because that's that's more of what you'll be doing in the future but that place still definitely is holds a lot of prestige within the industry. That's for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like nothing else. You just got back from Texas a couple of weeks ago. Looks like you had a pretty good week at at the spring nationals and even in the the spring eating. How do you feel that went for you? I felt like my speed was really good. I wasn't necessarily too happy with my results. I feel like this year I showed showed a lot more speed than I have in the past and kind of showed that I, I can run run up top, you know, up front. But yeah, I'd say it, it was good. Like I said, I wasn't too happy with my results, but I was happy with, really happy with my riding. The team was happy with my riding, so I couldn't really complain too much. I got to clean up the little things and uh, focus in on, on the mistakes I made and not make them again, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that, that fifth overall you had in the 250A Pro Sport, I mean, that class was pretty stacked. I mean, you said, you know, had some mistakes and things like that, but I think a top five is pretty good. If you look at the guys in front of you, they're, they're no slouches of their own. So yeah, the, you probably, the, yeah. Class is, the class is legit for sure. You showed speed. You ran up there with those guys. There's always room for improvement, but I would, you probably had to walk away a little bit though with that top five is being like, okay, I can run with these boys. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got, four months to Loretta's to, you know, kind of hone in on the things I need to do. And I think this move to Club MX and this summer will be good, helping me with my riding and whatnot. I'm working with uh, troll training on my fitness, so I couldn't have asked for, you know, any anything better on my fitness at Spring Nationals. I was really happy with that. I felt like I was I was good towards the end of the long Longer motos. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's kind of where championships are, are won and lost is that last five minutes. So I, I definitely give them guys all the credit for, you know, my, my fitness being where it is. And I'm going to keep working hard and you can always improve on things on the bike, just like you can off the bike. So I keep working and improving my fitness like I, like I am going to improve the little things I need to work on on the bike. Yeah, in those last five minutes of the race, you can really see who's put in the work and, and who hasn't. You can't really go out there and hide around from those things, that's for sure. Yeah, and it, it's it's noticeable too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing too is when everybody's at some point is, you know, if you're tight or you get tired at the end, everybody's got a little bit of struggle everybody's dealing with at the end. You know, everybody's everybody's a little gassed, but um, that's when those those long days at the at the track or in the gym that maybe you don't want to do 
really pay off where you in that time you're like okay i'm glad i had put in this works so you're not suffering as bad oh yeah it, it definitely makes it worth it you gotta you gotta suffer during the week you know do good on the weekends talking about the about club mx riding with those guys out there i know there's quite a few guys out there what is something that you see from riding with those guys that that you want to you know emulate into your riding or what what do they do that they make look like the top guys make look so easy that that you're like man i wish i could do that just intensity those guys it's a whole nother level once you reach the point where where they're at. i mean jeremy's a, a two-time outdoor champ and watching watching him ride last week we got rain so we went and did some couple motos on the, the sand track and he was out there throwing down 240s you know it was crazy yeah just, nuts. those guys are on a, a different different level yeah and i always wonder a lot of the kids coming up and you ride with amateurs and the amateur scene and then you jump to the pros and sometimes it's that's the first thing they say is man that intensity is just on a different level so that's cool that you're I think it's nice that you guys are starting to get to able to train with these guys and ride with them to where maybe it won't be such a big shock when you get to the pro scene and you get in lineup for your first moto or gate drop with them that you kind of know what to expect. But I always wondered if in the past when amateurs weren't able to ride with those guys and they line up for the first race, they're like, well, didn't expect this. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. The, the difference, like you said, the top five, top 10 and the A class and and stuff like that is gnarly and lining up for your first two video outdoors i can't imagine mm. how what would even be going through your mind if you had had never ridden with you know rock people like like this and just kind of have never felt that intensity before i can't imagine what would be going through your mind i mean i'd imagine you'd definitely be getting arm pump your mind would be racing 100 percent. yeah and there's i mean the top 40 out there because there's more that try to race, but only 40 qualify, right? So you you see a guy in like 28th place and you're like, oh man, he's way back. He's this far off. But if you saw that same guy at your local track, he'd be smoking everybody. Those guys out there are gnarly, especially trying to break into the top 20 points paying position. Like you start looking back and you see a guy in 15th that has a supported ride and everybody in front of him is just hauling the mail. All 40 of them guys are yeah. bad I agree with that 100%. That's why I, when you're standing out there and you see guys and, you know, they're like, oh, he's way back. Is this many seconds off? I'm like, yeah. But if you saw that guy ride in real life at your track, trust me, it's, he's going fast. They go fast. <laughs> yeah. yep. uh, well, cool, man. One last thing I'll ask you this year, you did the Supercross Futures race in, in Arlington. How much prep for on Supercross did you have before that? And how do you feel like that went? I really hadn't had any time on supercross really going into that it was just kind of one of them things where yamaha donnie loose and my team Eden talked to me and we're just kind of saying hey we just more or less want you doing this for experience looking back on it i'm 100 percent glad i did do it it was the op opportunity that those guys give doing supercross futures is insane it is super beneficial I'm glad I did it. I learned so much from them two days, just with the track, how it breaks down. I ended up with an eighth, which I wasn't happy with, but during the prep I had going into it, I was just happy that I got through it. And there was a lot of people that didn't even 
line up for that that night show because they got hurt in qualifying or press day. So I was just glad to come away from the experience with a ton of knowledge and be healthy at the same time. Yeah, and I would agree. And like you said, I mean, those those things are really beneficial, I think. And even if, you know, with the prep that you had going in there, at least you know what to expect now and what a true Supercross indoors looks like and feels like. And so you can take that back to when you start training on Supercross more that you have that experience where before when they didn't have these this program, you can ride to practice Supercross track, but it it's not the exact same as a pro Supercross track. So I think it's probably going to pay dividends in the long run. So you kind of already know what to expect or what it's like out there. Yeah. Like I said, I got to do New Jersey. And I think knowing what I'm getting myself into, well, I, I feel like it'll just make it go so much easier, you know? Yeah. And the, and the most positive out of, out of that race that you raced there is you made it out healthy and that's the win in itself. Oh, 100%. Well, cool. So what does the rest of 2023 look like for you? You mentioned that race in New Jersey, Loretta's later in the year. Are you going to get your feet wet in any of those moto combines or, or anything after Loretta's? What does that yep. look like? I'm doing uh, the Redbud combine and Ironman after Loretta's. As of right now, I'm going to do the Fall Nationals too. Um, Ponca, Minios, and uh, get as much racing in this year as I can. Gate drops are always good, so I'll probably hit, hit some local races. Area qualifiers are in full swing right now. Regionals will be coming up shortly. I'd say I just plan on getting hitting as much races as I can just to keep the the moto memory of the gate drop and sprinting and and whatnot. I think is is good to do. You know, yeah, definitely. And I think those moto combines and also with the futures now, I think I think that's the right step in the direction for amateur motocross because you're it's getting to where it's more realistic to what you're getting yourself into later on. Um, compared to some of these, you know, amateur nationals at these other tracks, but I think it's cool for like the moto combines, you're racing the same track as the pros, supercross racing the same track as the pros. And I think the biggest difference that you see is the pros are racing 30 something weekends a year, where if you're just following some of the amateur nationals, you're not getting a whole lot of gate drops a year. Like you said, getting gate drops is important. You know, you can practice and ride and, but the intensity of racing is just a different story. So that's cool that you, that's kind of plan this year. It's so hard to replicate. Yeah, definitely. So let's say 2023 is a good year. You have a good year at Loretta's Combines. What are your plans or what are your goals for 2024? What's a perfect 2024 look like for you? As of right now, we haven't really thought that far ahead. We're just kind of taking it one step at a time. If I have a year or something like that, and I do really good at Loretta's and them Combines and whatnot, I would love to love to go pro it would all depend on if i would have a a ride lined up or or something like that right now i'm content on being on the nsa team i really enjoy the people that i'm surrounded with their bikes are awesome they handle great but yeah i, I just really we haven't put much thought into next year like i said we're kind of taking it one step at a time so i don't don't really as of right now i don't don't have a what next year is going to look like yeah that's cool focus on what's in front of you at the time and execute that that's always a good plan and those bikes that you're on those yamahas are really good bikes they have really good platforms and then being able to train with the club guys down there that's that's going to help out a lot and you don't always have to have this whole master plan figured out 
appreciate you taking the time today. It's been fun. Do you have any sponsors you'd like to thank before we take off? I'd just like to thank the NSA the Yamaha team and Danny. They do an amazing job. Donnie Luce, uh, you know, he's super cool, super awesome to be around. He's helped me a lot at the races. All my other sponsors, Moose, Alpine Stars, Bell, Monster, 100%. Just everybody. And I really like to thank my parents for, you know, making this happen and bringing me up and showing me the the right the right things to do growing up and and giving me the opportunity to do this but still allowing me to have a, a childhood and experience some of these things that not not a lot of these other racers have experienced so i'm thankful and super grateful for that yeah well said on that well cool man like i said appreciate the time today good luck in the future and uh Get some supercross practice in with the boys at Club MX and come out swinging in New Jersey. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me.